Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm Jen Taylor, your host. I am mom of 18, and you can find me on momsrunningit.com. Remember, give a shout out to those who are brave enough to share their stories with us on how they have become parents. Let's dive right in. I am so excited today. I'm with Eddie and Colleen Thomason. How are you two today? We're good. Incredible. Happy to be here. <laughs> I'm really excited about this because I hadn't met Colleen before, but Eddie, you were on the podcast in the past under at a crossroads with a naked podcaster. And the, mm -hmm. I have that link. I have all the links. All the links are in the description. Yep. We talked a lot about your childhood on that one. And I just want to sort of briefly go over that because you're, you guys are talking about how to work together, <laughs> parenting your kids which is astounding. And you came up from a really rough neighborhood in Baltimore with a mom that had disability. $13,000 is what she raised you on a year, mm. a year. Yeah. And you were like, become an athlete, become a rapper or sell drugs. And you went the athlete route, which was smart, yeah. but <laughs> you fell short of NFL. And yeah. you were also the first student in your high school to earn a D1 scholarship and it allowed you to yep. become the first man in your family to graduate from college. And I want to talk about that because now we're discussing you guys' parents. So Colleen, can you kind of bridge the gap on your upbringing and then of we can course. dive right in. Yes. All right. So I grew up in New York, um, about an hour and a half Northwest of New York city. I had both my mom and my dad in the house. I have an older sister and a younger sister. Um, Thing that Eddie and I always connected on was sports. I grew up as an athlete as well. Um, my dream was never to go professionally, but I had the basis of my mom was a, um, a very hardworking nurse. And my dad was a New York City fireman. Um, oh. My dad, interestingly enough, his story is more similar to Eddie's. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's kind of helped us in the way we view life in a lot of ways. My dad was the only white kid growing up in uh, the projects in his area. Mm. Um, so they used to call him blue because of his blue eyes. And um, his hair was um, the the minority, right? Like um, as far as texture and stuff. So his, little kids, they'd always be like, oh, you know, touching his hair. And um, not that it's okay either way. But uh, a lot of that's kind of shaped how my parents raised me. Uh, but I did have, you know, both parents in the home and never really knew until I was probably uh, about 22 years old in grad school where we were financially. Um, right. It was just not discussed and it was not um, really evident. I would have thought we were, you know, okay, middle class. My parents kind of explained to me, they're like, no, we're, it was, I was doing a project in grad school about socioeconomic status, race, disability, gender, um, those topics. And I had to ask my parents because I had no idea. We were lower middle class. So, we, you know, we were doing okay. Um, but, you know, my parents had to work really hard. So that's my kind of my base. And then tell me how you guys met. And like, let's let's get up to speed. Get me up to speed from you guys meeting to having kids. Yeah. So <laughs> very short time. Yeah, it's a very, very short time frame there. But basically, we. We met on Tinder, right? Of all places. All met right. On, on the, okay. The good old Tinder space. Tinder success story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, definitely would say we were both on Tinder for the wrong reasons when we first met. But however, um, long story short, uh, I would I say it this way, and you can go into details if you want. But I said it this way. She denied me like three times. I was like, hey, we should get together. We should have some food, get some dinner. And she was basically like, nah, swerve, you ugly. And um, so, 
So, <laughs> so from there, um, we basically get, we stayed in touch, right? So we stayed in touch. We, when I moved to New York, it was October of 2015. And when we, we probably matched on Tinder, like November ish time around that time, we didn't have our first date until July of 2016. Wow. So, um, so although we matched on there, we both had like life happening, some things going on. She was in some situationships. I actually ended up getting into a relationship with that obviously did not work out for all the best reasons because now I'm married to the love of my life. But um, no offense uh, to that girl. <laughs> <laughs> but all those things happened basically. And, um, you know, we met that first date was on July 16th. I'm sorry, July 18th. Right. Yeah. July 18th. Because uh, the 16th was her birthday. So we <laughs> our first date was on July 18th. Um, I proposed in February 20 something. I don't remember the so exact date. So our first date. day was July um, 18th, 2016. Yep. We got engaged in February. We got married in September. 2017. We got married in September of 2017. So you guys knew Declan, had been dating for 14 months when you got married. I mean, that's pretty good. That's not Yeah, bad. we had been, yeah. uh, we got engaged about six and a half months into dating, dating. and then got married about six and a half months later. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. And then had kids. So, so, well, you, you, yeah. <laughs> uh, to rewind back, I had never been in a relationship before, so that it was all new for me. So I didn't deny him because I thought it was ugly. No, it's like totally not true. <laughs> I'd never been in a relationship before at all. He was my first relationship. Um, so after we got married, uh, 27th, September, 2017, or we got pregnant November, um, ended up having a miscarriage in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got pregnant again in like the spring. And then at our first son, um march of 2019 and then got pregnant when he was four months old oh my gosh (laughs) i was pregnant three times in three years basically but then had our second son um in march of the next year so so they're a year apart and eddie i interviewed you when the baby was a baby yeah the the youngest one was a newborn and in the room with you now that i mean like i'm like wow now it's all coming back (laughs) so how long ago was that was that two years yeah he was sleeping i remember they just turned three and two yep it was two years ago okay so it was two years ago wow time flies (laughs) so you the miscarriage right away i mean Mm -hmm. there's not an easy miscarriage right that's pretty it's physically difficult some more than others like i i've had three Mm -hmm. and one was really physically difficult the other two really weren't it was like a really Mm -hmm. bad period Mm -hmm. emotionally they're a little difficult they can be so Mm -hmm. how nervous were you getting pregnant and it was about six months later that you got pregnant the second time right am i doing math like like around five or six okay yeah So, um, ask your question again. I'm sorry. <laughs> focus on the number. How nervous were you getting pregnant the second time? And then tell me about getting pregnant for m- when that baby was four months old. Like, cause that's, that's a different emotion. You have the miscarriage yeah. emotion and then you have the holy crap emotion, right? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, I would definitely say I was nervous. I was very back and forth probably yeah. annoying to Eddie. Um, but <laughs> because in this place I was like, I didn't want to get pregnant right away and have it mentally feel, even though I know it wasn't my intention, have this kind of like feeling back in my mind, like, am I trying to replace the baby we just lost? Um, But then at the same time, um, I I wanted to have another baby. Right. So, but it was, it was very hard. And I remember, and I won't go too deep into this. There were multiple times where like we were um, being about to be intimate. And I was like, got very emotional because I was scared. 
but that like of like hey i don't you know i don't want to get pregnant and i don't know if that's too much for the show but i was like hey i don't want to no, get pregnant it's... or maybe i do like it, it you know i cried like i don't know if you remember that <laughs> but because there was it was like very just back and forth so sometimes i was like okay i think i'm ready and other like to um plan out having a child and then i was like no i don't i don't think i'm and it was like every you know every other day yeah. and then yeah. as far as when we had when we got pregnant when our youngest was four months, it was, I was excited because I knew at that point, like, I just knew we could handle anything together. And I know it sounds so cliche. And I know people say that and later, you know, get divorced. People say they get stay together, but we just made the commitment that we're going to get through everything, no matter what it is. Um, and so we, just, like, I knew it would, I knew this baby was, a, it was a good thing. It was a positive thing. Like, um, and I knew we could kind of handle the situation. Absolutely. I think that's a great attitude to have going into any marriage, regardless of the situation. And especially yeah. once you've gone through something tough together, I mean, it can divide you or unite you. And when it unites you, you realize like, wow, hard stuff's really hard and yeah. united like two's better than one. It's like a, <laughs> a marriage superpower. So I love that you brought that up. Let's, so that's, I love all of the backstory. Um, yeah. Now let's jump into the stuff that we wanted to, we were planning on talking to today and, and I'll go over, I'll go over the bullet points that you shared. What do you do when you disagree? Fostering togetherness in your home, financial structure, joint ventures and goals, calendar and daily commitment and let like jump in and I have it written so I can remind you of anything. I'm not worried about getting off track, but so let's jump in. Cause now you have a three-year-old and a two-year-old you've been together for several years you decided mm -hmm. you were going to be a united front and tackle everything. And then what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it's funny because obviously we all know marriage is hard, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, a, it's a good heart, right? It's, I think a lot of times in general, you know, even with some of the different couples that we mentor and people that we chat with, like, you know, the, there's no real sense of uh, the commitment that happens before Every, like all the bad stuff happens, right? So I think one thing that me and Colleen did really well from the very beginning, and because we had great examples and great mentors in our life, is the fact that when we decided that, hey, yes, this is this is who I want to be with you for the rest of our life, we made that commitment. And like, you know, the D word is never really talked about in our house, right? Or like right. the things that that come up that typically would, would shatter, right? A, a marriage, when you think about miscarriages and you think about very tough financial situations, right? Different things that can happen inside of a marriage that for a lot of people, it shatters the marriage. It's because I, I personally think it's like the, the commitment was not made way early on prior to that big event happening, right? It's like, you kind of always had the one foot in, one foot out, but that's never been our case. I felt like for us, we've always were like, hey, we're going to make sure that that commitment is there first and foremost. And, and I think it's because of the way we started our relationship too. No. Um, cause this is not too, and again, if I'm diving too far into anything, let me know. You're, you can't, um, you can't possibly dive too far. So. <laughs> so, and I think, like I said, I think it's the way we start our relationship too. And this is not a judgment statement in any way, shape or form. Let me preface it with that. Um, we waited to, um, be physically intimate until marriage. Um, I, I love had, that you brought that up. Yeah, so, mm. Okay. So that, I'm glad it's not too much. Um, I ha I hadn't been physically intimate with anybody prior to getting married to Eddie, Eddie had, 
Um, but we made a commitment in our relationship. And I think because there wasn't um, obviously like physical intimacy and that tension is very strong. And I think because our initial interactions didn't have that, there was a lot of other connections that had to be built first. Mm. Um, because we made that commitment, it was like, we had to build those other um, emotional and mental and just like different connections and um, establish those commitments before any of the other stuff happened. And that's it's not to say relationships where you're sex before marriage, right? Can't be successful because there's are, there are plenty of relationships where they're very successful. But I just think yeah. for our situation that helped us and it, the results are kind of showing today. Yeah. Absolutely. How, so I'm, I, because you're totally willing to open up this can of worms, <laughs> I'm going to ask you one, how difficult was it to wait? Colleen, mm -hmm. did you have any issue or baggage with Eddie's, past sexual experiences and what was it like like what you saved virginity until marriage which was what i yeah. wanted to do growing up like i have the utmost respect because that's a really really difficult thing to do sex feels good people want it it's easy etc 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 so yeah. i mean i'd love to take a deeper dive on that for a minute sorry oh, you're good. <laughs> don't no, don't be sorry so i feel like um Sounds weird, but for me, I don't think it was super hard. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of um, male interactions in a romantic way growing up really whatsoever. I, you know, I was the athletic girl that was a little bit bigger. There was not many uh, guys attracted to me. So it was never like I had to like, you know, fight off guys and um, <laughs> definitely affected my belief in myself. And I think that kind of was just kind of a a whole that's a whole nother segue of different things yeah. but um I, I for me it, honestly it wasn't that hard until okay. i'd say i got to grad school um you know college undergrad and then graduate school where there was a little more attention not much but a little more attention with guys um and it i just did my best to not put myself in situations but like i never really i never really was in a situation where um, I had to make that decision, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I never got to that point yeah. with someone. So you just kept yourself protected and safe. You removed yeah. the threat for the most part of yeah. having she to stay busy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's It's different for everyone. You know, I mean, a lot of it is, was this a religious decision? Growing up my, so I was raised Catholic and then in college of all places, I, um, decided to um, accept Christ and I consider myself a non-denominational Christian right. um, at this point. And growing up, my parents always were just like, they didn't hone it and they weren't like every day, like no sex before marriage. But when it right. came up, it was like, Hey, like you wait till there was never really a, a sex talk. Um, but the, what was known and kind of understood, discussed, understood is like, yeah. Hey, like you wait, you know, you should wait till marriage. Um, right. But it was never like, you know, you know, bashing you over the head with kind of that idea. Um, so I just kind of had that basis. And then when I was in college, I like, I just kind of had that kind of core value and core belief. And then it became more of a, I kind of understood the spiritual reasoning of why somebody would make that decision um, as well as the emotional. Cause I knew if I um, I'm an extremely emotional individual and I knew if I had that experience with somebody, um, it would just destroy my emotions. So it was, it was right. for, you know, faith-based reasons, but also just my mental and emotional health reasons. Yeah. 
I get it. I'm, I love this conversation. I think it's fantastic. Eddie, what was this like for you? So, um, we left out so many different portions of our, of our story of actually, you know, how we met and all that, how, yeah. how it all came together. But, um, I think it's actually a really cool redemption story in itself because I was actually at a leadership conference, uh, back in July of 2016. And on that, on a Sunday morning, they had a non-denominational optional worship service. And I ended up going to this worship service and I said, you know, you know, just being a part of the weekend in itself, hearing from different, like the hearts of the leaders that I was learning from. And uh, I made a decision to accept Christ at that conference. Right. And then from there, met, met Colleen. Well, not met her, but our first date, our was, first the date was the next day. Right. So, oh, like, OK. I think we talked about this on our first interview. It's been two years. <laughs> right, I think we right. touched on. OK. OK. So that. You know, it was a common thread in my marriage, too. And mm -hmm. here's the interesting thing. Even when you consider yourself a Christian, we weren't mm -hmm. do like we did have sex. We we didn't do yeah. Christian. We wouldn't do yeah. what we were supposed to do from a Christian standpoint at all. Right. It, and I don't think we were one foot out the door necessarily. However, mm -hmm. when things got hard three years into our relationship, we had to make a serious decision how many feet were in or out the door. Right? Right, right. And that's yeah. when all of this kind of came up more. We were like, wait, wait a minute. So mm -hmm. if you look at both of our values and you back up, you, you take a step back bird's eye view. We, we aren't doing what we should be doing. And you know, why, why aren't, cause right. it's easy. Right. right. Yeah. But right. it, it definitely, so we came at it totally from the backwards point of view from yeah. you guys all yeah. right so you <laughs> colleen he was new like did you believe him I, and i don't mean that in a bad way like eddie's a liar but he's brand new to this this is a this is all new territory for you guys yeah and i had just like i had a uh like not a formal background but like you know my mom basically listened to td jake joel olsen joyce meyer yeah. stuff like yeah. that on tv so like i felt i always like to say like the seeds were planted i just right. i just wasn't watering the crops yeah. <laughs> right like yeah. i just i just wasn't 100 yeah. percent aware from that perspective so um but when we made that decision and again I, I a lot of this is because of a great relationship and friendship that we have with a couple by the name of evan and rachel grubb who are our like mentors in our life but we saw the the foundation that they laid as, as their marriage. And we kind of like, you know, we looked at them as like, all right, well, we can we can model not to say they're perfect. Right. We didn't put them on a pedestal, but we can model our relationship and our commitment based off of what they've been able to accomplish. Because for us, well, at least for me, Colleen had a great example with her mom and dad, you know, fighting through marriage and, and having that great yeah. example in our life. For me, I did not. I didn't have any positive examples of what marriage looks like other than that couple, right? Mm -hmm. And not only did they have a powerful marriage, they had an incredible um, business, right? They grew a business together as a couple. They also raised, at the time, those three incredible kids. They just added a fourth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, okay. like, they had so much more fruit on the tree. And I was like, man, okay, if you guys have more of like this complete package, I'm more than willing yeah. to to make this commitment to say like, Hey, I will hold off on any of the, the physical temptations and things like that. Um, in order, in order for our marriage to have this strong foundation, a strong, the strong, it's so connection. good. That's so good. No. So I swear we're going to get into the questions. What, no, you're good. <laughs> what do, so now you have, I'm so glad we talked about the foundation. I mean, Christianity is the foundation of your relationship yeah. in, in large part. Um, and that's super, super important. It is in mind too. And you're right. There's lots of successful people who 
aren't Christians, but man, it's got a lot of answers and a lot of help and a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it makes it much easier for us. So what do you do when you disagree? It's a great question. Um, (laughs) It's not a one and done magic wand. It's not a destination. It's a journey. And some disagreements are like easier to bounce back from than other disagreements. Right. But like we both have, we both have like our own internal things. Like me, anytime I get worked up or frustrated, typically like if it was an immediate reaction, I'm going to (laughs) explode. That's just like my personality. Like my, my voice gets higher. I'm, I'm, I'm yelling for no reason. Everything is agitated and like irritable to me. Right. That's how I am wired. So typically here's what I do now. And I'm not even saying that this is this is the perfect answer, but typically I choose to say nothing because if I say anything, I feel like I'm just going to do a whole lot of I'm just going to say a lot of dumb stuff. Right. And there's no way to take those words back once they're already spoken into the world. So I choose to say nothing. And then once I eventually calm down and kind of, you know, like get myself together and everything else, then I'll come back and be like, hey. Sorry, that was a dumb, like I, I did something dumb there or like that was stupid or whatever else. That's typically like my <laughs> my side of things. But I'll let Colleen share from her perspective what, what she likes to do from her, from her side. So are we talking about an, a disagreement <laughs> between us and about us or a disagreement about parenting, like a parenting topic? I guess or- any of it. I mean, this was, you guys ha- gave me great bullet points and mm-hmm. it just says what what to do when we disagree. So I yeah. guess it can okay. be really, yes, all of the above. I would say, I'm trying to think to, to generalize for either instance, I, like Eddie can visibly tell I'm mad, right? He can see the change in expression, but I've been learning um, to just like take a step back Boy said I would like to talk about it. And I know knowing my partner, knowing that Eddie needs that time to like simmer down, like <laughs> give him time and then bring it up when it's a more appropriate time. And then we're usually always able to talk about it peacefully. But it's, I think it's having an understanding of how your um, spouse, partner, whoever um, filters or works through things. Yeah. So I'm learning. Okay, like I know no matter what, I'm going to want to talk about this, even if you don't. So I'm going to give you time until you're ready to talk about it, because this is what is going to happen. And this is going to be what's going to solve it instead of just like throwing it out and forgetting it. Because that I just that does not work for us. Right. Because really, I will still hold on and be upset about something. Right. So and then the other piece of it is to make sure that you got you got when you disagree at something. As a couple, you have to, I guess, understand that typically you're not fighting each other. Right. Like, I think that's one of the things when you come back to like the, the the topic in itself, like the bullet point that we shared, it's this this idea of like if there is a disagreement, the disagreement isn't putting me against Colleen. Right. It's it should be me and Colleen united fighting this problem, this issue that's on the other side of us. Right. So now it helps us to kind of internalize. Hey, it doesn't matter if my like I'm not trying to win with statements. Right. I'm not trying to win the argument. Instead, I'm just trying to add um, value to the to the thought conversation so that we can overcome this obstacle or whatever that we're in disagreement on. Does that make sense? Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to disagree. Like it's okay to respect somebody, respect somebody's opinion or respect somebody's belief or their thought in a situation or whatever it may be, but you don't have to agree with it, right? Um, and, and we can, I mean, this topic can shrink in, I mean, or expand into multiple different layers, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, a disagreement that's as small as like, I don't know, like, 
like we 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 talk all the time about like um like just let's say ba- our bathroom right because right now we have one bathroom for the four of us inside of our house right so like <laughs> there's disagreements that we may have in the bathroom about like clothes that might get left on the floor or like toothpaste that gets spit around the sink right or whatever like you know just regular old bathroom stuff that happens all the time but like that really isn't the, the the frustration with each other. It shouldn't be like, oh, you just do this or you leave clothes on the floor, or you spit on a sink or whatever else, right? And then that's the argument that's happening between the two of us. It's really like the argument is really, I want a, I want a more cleanly space to use the bathroom, so right? So how do we work together to accomplish that goal that's out here? It's not based off of what you did and I did. We want the end goal of like very comfortable and inviting space to uh, clean ourselves, right? <laughs> or form, right. perform regular hygiene activities. So therefore, what can we do uh, to, to accomplish that and tackle that as a couple compared to saying like, you know, I hate when you do this with your right. clothes or I hate when you do this and with toothpaste. Obviously, disagreements come with any relationship. <laughs> like that's a very right. simple, basic statement. But, and from people coming from different households, whatever, people do stuff different ways. But I think something that we've had to work through is our personalities are completely different and our personalities mm-hmm. shape our thinking. Yep. on everything yep. on every situation so i think that's something that we've had to really work hard through and it's understanding each other yep. um to kind of get through those disagreements and it's a good thing that, like everything doesn't have to be an argument right every disagreement doesn't have to be an argument that's another thing to keep in mind like something that yeah. is funny because when we first started dating and i still do it from time to time but i'm more aware of it now than than ever be like than ever before but when we first started dating, I had a, a bad habit of just like randomly leaving wrappers around the place. Like if I open up, like if I took some vitamins, I just leave the package just sitting on a dining room table or if like <laughs> like different snacks or something like that. I'll take out the wrapper and just I'll just like leave it to the side or whatever it was. And um, but like Kylie never really argued with me about it. Right. Like she she just cleaned it up. she just cleaned it up basically. Right. But then like. I think one time we had a conversation and she was like, well, yeah, one of my pet peeves, like you really just leave rappers all over the place. So now it's like consciously in my head when it happens, I'm like, right. oh, I should probably like, move this rapper. Right. And I know that's a very small thing. It's not. <laughs> it's not. I saw the face when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, she, she knows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, and you're so- right. <laughs> It should be a conversation, not a confrontation for the most part. I mean, there are right. sometimes I know that we've gotten heated, but like, do we need to get heated? And I'm the extroverted loud one, right? Yeah. Sometimes I feel totally justified in getting heated or turning up my volume. Like this is yeah. really important. I am very upset. I'm still not trying to have a confrontation. I still really yeah. am genuinely wanting a conversation, but I am letting you know where I'm coming from. And it, Yeah. yeah. Tell me about fostering togetherness in the house. Mm-hmm. You have two toddlers. Yeah. I don't know if you so know that. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that I think again comes back to our faith, right? So like mm-hmm. we we strongly believe that, you know, when you when you grow up your kids in faith in the faith and you and you share with them the principles that was that we're learning and expressing and experiencing ourselves and walking out ourselves, I feel like it genuinely creates that togetherness by default right and then like in different situations we can we communicate to our kids like we're we're a team we're a team we're a unit right everything that we do affects us as a whole team right Mm -hmm. like you know we'll say stuff like now like thankfully colleen is is home from work she doesn't have to work because of you know financial opportunities and things that was that's been given to us and blessed to us right but um like so we'll say stuff to our kids like hey that you know daddy is working right now and he's like he's he's 
exercising one part of the team of like making sure that we have the things that we need <laughs> in order for right. us to do like do fun things, right? Because like for a two and three year old, they're just thinking like, oh, we go to the beach or oh, we go to like this. They don't really understand like life and all of its troubles and everything else, right? So we try to communicate these things like, or even if Colleen has a, a meeting or uh, even times like this when we have, we, we tell them like, hey, mommy and daddy has a meeting, right? So right. You're, it's a part of your team right now. You have to take your nap. Like you got to go to sleep. You can't be up just running around, roaming around because then right. you're not safe, right? But it's communicating those things to them to foster that that true sense of, of team. And for mm -hmm. us, we played on teams our entire mm -hmm. life. She played more sports than I did, right? And right. the fact that all the teams that we've been a part of, unity is the core of it. It's that, it's that unified piece of like, hey, we all have a common goal. And for sports, it was winning the championship. For us, it's to just love one another like Christ loved us, right? So right. that that's a big portion of it. I'll, I'll let you add on. I feel like <laughs> for family-wide with, with our kids, that unity is like a, is a great description. I think for us, um, we could do a better job at, you know, uh, spending intentional time together. But there's a lot of stuff that we do um, to grow our business or grow different parts of our life together. So mm -hmm. I think that, a I don't know, we're jumping to a different point that we gave That's you. That's good. That's it, good. But it establishes, um, like, with that common goal comes unity, right? Yeah. Like, if you're if, if we're going two separate directions all the time, then that's hard for us. And we've been there to be united, but yeah. we, you know, we can sense, we can take the temperature of our relationship without even talking to each other and know like, Hey, we should probably just, uh, you know, after the kids go to bed, watch a movie together, chat, like hang yeah. out and yeah. not talk about business, not talk about the kids, not talk about yeah. this or that, but just enjoy time together. Yeah. Um, but we, we don't, unity for us doesn't necessarily have to be from taking time having a date night out like even though that'd be great to do that more mm -hmm. for us is like i'd say the biggest things are having a common goal that we're both in agreement working together mm -hmm. and then um you know taking the temperature of our relationship within ourselves like if yeah. i'm feeling like hey i don't feel like we're close right now i feel like we're kind of drifting this week the first two days of this week like, i.e i need snuggles <laughs> yeah you know because it, it it doesn't need to it can be a whole conversation right? right but i think because we we know what we need and we we know what the other person needs we can kind of internally take that temperature and communicate like hey let's do this or let's do that mm -hmm. so. okay that talked about unity and let's i think that kind of bridges into the daily commitment mm -hmm. would you think do you think that's yeah. pretty connected? Absolutely. Let's go into that because I'm I'm guessing you're going to tell me the same thing. It's not like necessarily a conversation or set mm. aside time, but you both yeah. kind of take that, take the temperature of the relationship and like the family relationship too. Like people yeah. get sick, kids have temper yeah. tantrums, there's potty training, like there's all these yeah. things happening in the background, <laughs> right? And you need to kind of take that daily temperature of the two of you and then the family and then, and so I want to, I want you to just talk, make sure that daily commitment is kind of part of that unity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I want to talk about calendar planning and the financial structure and the, your like joint goals and stuff like that. Ventures, goals, yeah. finances, and calendars. Those I think kind of tie together. So am Absolutely. I right about the daily commitment? hundred percent. So the, so the, 
the daily commitment part, Jen, is more so it's very simple because we, we can get through this because I know <laughs> we don't want to monopolize all the time. But um, the daily commitment piece is honestly just a decision that we decided like every single day. Our, like we decide to choose each other. We decide yeah. to commit to one another. So in a ver very simplicity, like, you know, um, we believe that like love is a choice, right? Like obviously, mm -hmm. you know, you, you fall in love, like, fall in love with somebody, which in my opinion is like an early infatuation. And then like over time, that person reveals all of their like blackheads and whiteheads and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, oh no, no. <laughs> oh, no, how much I love you, right? <laughs> but like what we've decided for ourselves is every single day, every single morning, I commit to you, right? I'm not, I don't have eyes for anybody else. I'm not, you don't have to worry about me leaving, escaping, running away, or there's nothing, <laughs> right. There's nothing that you can do. That's basically going to push me away. Like we are in it for the long haul. So in, in simplicity, that's what daily commitment is, is daily commitment to each other because that creates stability, right? Stability in our relationship, but stability in our home, because now our kids know, like, no matter what, we will still be together, right? Like it, life, life happens in all these different magnitudes and capacities. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. We've committed that we're still going to thug it out together, right? Like, like we still going to do this thing together. So that's the that's the big side behind like daily commitment in itself. Um, do you want me to go ahead and dove right into yeah. another question on that? I could no, no. Right now. The now. joint ventures goals, I think how you how you do that i this is all part of making that commitment and that unity yeah. and that daily commitment but you're using a calendar joint ventures yep. goals and financial structure and we can kind of wrap that up and how that helps you guys yep. with parenting 100% so big thing for us is structure right and i'm more of a like i'm a planned structure guy i've i'm not naturally organized <laughs> like i ha right. i have to i have to force myself to become organized. So when you think about like Colleen already hit this early on in the conversation, but prior to this year, basically, right. We work jobs where I will be going, going to go do my sales thing eight hours a day. And then Colleen would be gone doing her, her teaching thing for eight hours a day. And then it. our kids were like, actually our kids were with her parents two hours away, two hours away from us. Right. Monday from to Friday. Monday, well, Monday, to Monday to Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Monday to Wednesday. And then, yeah. So it was, it was a lot, a lot of moving pieces was happening. Right. So like um, when you look at the overall like calendar planning in itself, like I said, Colleen hit on this topic of like, we didn't want to be moving in two different directions and then coming back and living leftovers together. Right. Like we want, we wanted to spend the majority of our time together. Mm -hmm. Now that wasn't something that we can do immediately. Right. We couldn't just drop everything and be like, all right, we're like, together forever. We're, yeah, we're together forever. Like we, money still needs to be made. Right. Responsibility still needs to be taken care of. So for us, um, the calendar planning piece was, was huge because one, we found an opportunity that we could run with together. Right. Um, and we, we decided to basically land ourselves inside of the network marketing space. And we identified a great distribution that's going to allow us to do those different things and a training program that focuses on the leadership and mentorship side of things. So that's where we ended up as a couple, but that common goal of like, Hey, we know we can't keep on going in two, two different directions at all times. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out what we can do together that over time is going to allow us to focus on that one thing. And we can get rid of you being a teacher, you being a salesperson, and we can focus on this thing together. And it becomes a part of us, a part of our life, a part of our, our everyday commitments. Mm -hmm. Right. So for, with the calendar side of it, it's very important that we 
uh, block everything, basically. <laughs> so like, you know, from a nine to five, for me, I still have a traditional sales job. So nine to five is blocked out for work, right? But after nine to five, five to seven is typically family time. So we're doing stuff with our kids where I'm 100% engaged, phones go away. You're like, we're, we're just engaged, spending time with the kids from five to seven. Well, typically five to eight, really, because it still gotta, dinner it includes bath, dinner and bath and all that other stuff too, right? So that's typically what's happening during those hours. And then from eight o'clock on, typically, you know, from 8.30-ish on, we typically have like meetings similar to this, right? We're doing podcasts, we're doing things together, like mentoring some other couples and people that we uh, have like a financial vested interest inside of. You know, we're, we're doing these different pieces to grow our business and grow our dreams and goals together that we're unified on compared to, you know, Colleen just having to be a stay-at-home mom and be with the kids eight hours a day and me doing my my sales thing for eight hours like a day. 80. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Until I'm like 80 years old. Like we, we look at it as like, right. what can we do now that's going to, in the next five years, ex- open up that time so that we have unlimited amount of time to spend with our kids right unlimited amount of time to spend with each other right Right. especially as our kids get older it's like all right well you guys got school and all this other stuff and it's going to be great when i don't actually have to do a nine to five like (laughs) i'll be able to just you know mentor some people maybe two or three hours a day and then boom i'm 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 done like what do you want to do babe let's go to the beach exactly (laughs) i i love the calendar i use the calendar and i tell i have told uh when i'm doing coaching like if you need to schedule sex, schedule sex. Got, <laughs> like everything that you need to happen that you want to happen that's not happening, it's not a priority because you're not making it a priority. You need to use the ca- use your calendar. Do I know I go running with the exact same group at the exact same time every Saturday morning? Yeah, but it's on my calendar because it's a reminder to me that I'm important and it's an accountability thing. And, and so I think I don't think people use their calendar enough. And it seems so sterile right? Mm-hmm. To put date night on the calendar and then have rules to date night. It's not, it makes it brainless. Yeah, it makes exactly. it, yeah, we're the so same nice. at, at date night. We do not talk about our, our relationship and we talk about our kids as little as possible. Yeah, like that is, exactly. that's, it's off the table. So, I mean, I, I always bring it back to a job description. When you go to a job and you apply, they tell you everything that they're, they're going to do and everything that you're going to do and what the expectations are, what the time yeah. frame is, and then you reevaluate. And then we get into the most important relationship of our lives, our par- partner. Then we have yeah. even another most important thing, our kids. And we have no job description. There's no pre- emotional prenup. There's no, there are no, we don't know what the other person yeah. wants or expects. So I love that, like being on the same page and setting goals and checking in daily and making those commitments and using the, I, I mean, like my, my brain embraces that, <laughs> but then it's not, then when there are surprises, it doesn't knock you over the head by with a two by four as much. Yeah. You can regroup a lot faster. So how good. You got you to create, I always tell people you got to create muscle memory, right? Yeah. Like if you can create like calendar planning creates muscle memory. Cause if you know what you're doing and it's not to get into a rut, right? Cause Let's be honest. A lot of people, they go to, they get up, they go to work, they come home, they eat, they watch TV, they go to sleep, they get up. They go, it's just a, a never ending repeating cycle, right? Yep, That's not what yep. I'm telling you to do with your calendar. What I'm no, telling you to do. No. <laughs> what I'm telling you to do is put, like you said, times on the calendar that's important to you. It's important to your marriage and make sure you carve out time to have those conversations. Cause otherwise they're just going to keep on floating and floating and floating. And the next thing you know, you're going to be 
you know, ticked off at each other. Yeah, and, 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 and other. Exactly. Like <laughs> extra angry. And then you're like, how the heck did we get here? It's like, well, you know, we never actually made time for us. And because we never made time for us, we don't really have anything in common anymore. We have two completely different interests. Yeah. Um, you know, we pursue completely different things. We don't have any common ground other than, right. you know, maybe our kids. And that's that's not a fun place to be. No. <laughs> Are you guys, let's, let's wrap this up. I don't need to ask because mm. I need to ask. Are there more kids in the future? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay. That was like so easy. <laughs> not yet. Yes. Uh, Boys uh, being back to back, they were both C-sections. So there was yep. some health yeah. stuff that I had to take care of. Mm-hmm. But probably in the next few years, you know, we're going to space these these ones out. Yeah, when Sully turns four, that's the, the we're like, hey, we're going to start trying again. Yeah. We're And if you want to pray with us, we're believing yeah. for twin girls. And if we done. get twin girls, I think we'll be done. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll give it my best, but you know. <laughs> <gasps> I, I don't have a lot of clout in that area, but yeah, that would be good. Just one and done. Get it done all at once. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Eddie and Colleen, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate you so much. We appreciate thank you. you. Thank you for having us. <laughs>